How do you react to crying babies in a seven hours plus flight? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I try to empathize with those situations because I I understand it must be very hard and stressful for their parents traveling with them. Um, of course, it can be very uh, nerve wracking, and sometimes you're tired as well, and you want to sleep. Um, but you know, if if you know the baby won't won't stop crying, so the best thing you can do is try to join in and support those parents, help you know, try to play with the kids. Sometimes they react well with a stranger playing with them, so that's what I try to do. <laughs> how many countries have you been so far, and how many more do you want to go? Oh. Uh, so I counted for this. I counted the, the countries, and so far, nine, nine. Well, if I count with Cabo Verde, which is my country, ten. But <laughs> but I will nine plus eight because the islands that I've been in Cabo Verde. So I would transform Cabo Verde into eight. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I would say nine plus eight. Mm-hmm. Mm, and how yeah. many more do you want to go? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> All that exist, I think uh, it, it's it's uh, impossible not to want to visit. All the countries that exist in this world, however, my priorities right now mm-hmm. um, is Africa. Oh, I'm looking forward to discover Africa, <laughs> to discover continental Africa. I mean, we are in Cabo Verde. We for many reasons we feel a little bit detached from the continent and we don't um we don't we're not as connected as we should be to, to africa the you know we have more connections to europe which is you know further away from from cabo some so far away from cabo verde but we have you know um we don't have as many uh tra- travels and as many uh, flights to the mainland um africa so um for obvious reasons, for the wildlife, I want to go. I want to visit uh, Botswana. I want to visit um, Zimbabwe, Tanzania, uh, Ethiopia, Kenya, Rwanda. I mean, it's it's all my list. <laughs> if you don't mention Mozambique, I'm gonna be. We're gonna end this recording here. <laughs> No, I do. I do. I want to visit all the countries that speak uh, Portuguese in in mm-hmm. in Africa because um, there are many Cape Verdeans in these countries, and there is a lot of uh, yeah. passion that we have with these countries. Of course, Santo Mozambique, Guinea Bissau. I mean, mm-hmm. all in. Uh, if I can, I would love to travel all the countries of Africa first. Yeah. Um, and, um, I mean, I've been in Africa, I've only been in Senegal, um, Mm -hmm. for visa purposes, (laughs) because we don't have all the embassies in Cabo Verde, um, that we need. So sometimes if we need to issue specific visas, you need to go to Senegal. And every time that I went to get the visa to go somewhere, I, I took time to do a little bit of tourism and, you know, visit, and it was amazing the air that you breathe once you are there is different. The vibe that you feel is different. And 
you know, you see so many different things, yet you see so many similarities. You're like, mm -hmm. yeah. This what is... did you like the most about Senegal? Food. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yasa poulet is heaven for me, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is a rice with chicken, basically, but done in a way with a onion uh, sauce that is just amazing. I, I mean, I cannot describe it. Very spicy, but very good. Um, but to be okay now in a more serious note um there is a certain serious very oh, serious <laughs> I, know. i know but of course i i think um the immensitude of senegal amazed me because mm -hmm. I, i came from cabo verde and portugal is not a big country either it's a small country and mm -hmm. you know experiencing um seeing the horizon and you know a vast horizon in front of you of land it's not something that an islander has the opportunity to do mm -hmm. <laughs> my island has a lot of mountains so you know we don't see past 10 kilometers i guess and it was um the land itself um um had power you could feel like the power I, i i don't know how to explain this in words it's very weird but there a certain um it's imponent. yes the energy it's imponent it's like um it's an i is a is a land that stands tall you know if it was a person it would be a person with a the chin way you know way mm -hmm. up high and you know Um, not in an arrogant way, but in an imponent way. And you can feel that energy. You can mm -hmm. feel that. And um, there is a connection that I think all Black people have, um, is that we all came from Africa. We all came from there. We all know where we came from. Uh, whether we have a close, you know, our grandparents. Well, some people are still so searching. <laughs> But I will not throw shade on that. <laughs> I'm not sure if you will find your soul there, but that one thing is our ancestors, everyone came from there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. There's, I, I also feel that sense of connection whenever I go to an African country, especially because people always think I'm from there. For some reason, I think I have the most ambiguous sub-Saharan face ever. <laughs> because... <laughs> I mean, I, I think you look from everywhere, to be honest. Yeah, I do. I do look from everywhere. And that kind of, that is nice. Like, maybe you get annoyed for two seconds, but it is nice because you have a sense of belonging, right? Definitely. definitely. Yeah, being welcomed. So that's, that's really cool. But I mm -hmm. should say that as an African, to go to other African countries is not that easy yes it's not <laughs> um for me being an islander the first difficulty is um uh well first money of course but mm -hmm. uh i think in africa the, the main issue is the connections you don't have as many flights yeah uh, i don't know how it is for you guys in mozambique but for i think you also part of the fact we crazy do you to go to cape Verde. Um, yes. when I was planning, I had to go, um, to Portugal and then, <laughs> and then back or something. There was, it was like some crazy connections. There, there were some points. First, 
the price of the ticket was the same as going from Japan to Mozambique. <laughs> and there were some crazy connections. Then I had to make a connection from Senegal to Cape Verde. And so uh, for Senegal, I needed sort of like a transit visa. Mm-hmm. And I went through all the trouble of going to the embassy of Senegal and they were super nice. Um, I got that. But then I tried to book the flight with the local Cape Verdean um, airline. What's <laughs> Did the you name? that experience? <laughs> the ACV? The ACV? Yeah. Yes. First of all, like the when you book it, you're actually buying the ticket. Yep. That was number one. And I was like, what? And then number two, they decided to change the flight schedule to another day. (laughs) And I was like, excuse me, I can't do that because I have a transit visa. It was crazy. And then on on my flight back, I had to go from Praia to a different island. I forgot the name. Spend the whole day there, like I would leave at 7 a.m. and only get to Dakar at like 10 p.m. Oh my god, which is crazy! Sorry, (laughs) yeah, all of that just made me give up. (laughs) We have similar problems in Mozambique, I must say. Um, and I've stayed, I've left home at 5 a.m. And I only left the airport at 11. Yes. So that's something (laughs) in countries like Cabo Verde is that you need to learn to accept the changes that will happen. (laughs) Because they they will happen. Nothing is certain until it happens. And things do not happen in schedule. That's uh, definitely something that we need to... You know, I, I think in Cabo Verde, I can only speak for Cabo Verde because traveling to Senegal, I didn't need a visa. So mm-hmm. uh, the visa was not an issue traveling to Senegal, but to other countries has been an issue, of course. But in terms of organization, of being on time and, you know, doing your itinerary as you're expecting it. Uh, yeah, that that's that's where it falls short in Cabo Verde. And um, it has been a massive um uh, um, how I say a hurdle for for Cape Verdean development because um, it doesn't affect just the tourists that want to visit. It mm-hmm. affects traveling in business. It affects the immigrants that want to return to Cabo Verde for vacation or want to leave. I mean, it, it, it's there. If you if you make you can make a whole book just with complaints of Cape Verdeans and people traveling in Cabo Verde from that airline or the happening while you know traveling by plane in to Cabo Verde or from Cabo Verde it's just hilarious so (laughs) yeah but overall the experience of traveling as an African you now have dual citizenship right because you lived in uh, Portugal so now you have a Cape Verdean and a Portuguese passport Um, and you've traveled with both passports right so what kind of difference did you feel? Ah, visa. <laughs> yeah. Visa. It, it, it's, um, 
it's uh, incomparably uh, different. I mean, I cannot put the two experiences on the same plate at all. I I had an internship. I I, I gained an internship in the in the UK for mm-hmm. a month, and by the time I only had my Cape Verdean passport, and I had to travel to Senegal to go get the visa. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the sponsor of the program paid they paid for my expenses but basically i had a whole situation of rescheduling internship because just to get the visa i would have to travel and wait and i had so many documents that i needed to provide like where i was going to stay then how much money i had in my account buy yeah. the ticket in advance without guarantee of having a visa or yeah. not there's so many barriers that are created to to, to us um having uh, non-desirable passports um, mm-hmm. and it, it, it changes your traveling experience completely uh, at this point in Cabo Verde any European or any uh, citizen uh, EU citizen can enter Cabo Verde without a visa mm-hmm. without a visa without paying anything until five years ago uh, not five years ago maybe a year or two ago you would pay I think 50 euros um around 5,000 yen, 6,000 yen uh, at the entrance. But that, that was it. Uh, uh, and by now you don't have to pay at all. You don't have to show them where you're staying. You don't have to um, have a ticket, you know, a return fly. So mm-hmm. it, it's... But it's not reciprocal. At all. At all. This I mean, what keep bothers working. me. Like, mm. we have such i mean i understand that we need to uh boost our tourism industry but it's so unfair that we're super relaxed in terms of requirements um but then when we want to go to these countries yeah so it is that that, that africans don't do tourism right <laughs> yeah we just to places to go uh, be illegal immigrants and take people's jobs and be criminals mm-hmm. or whatever the conception is but um, it, 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 I've seen it you know with my own eyes I've experienced it uh, any Cape Verdean who wants to travel to Europe uh, has to wait in line outside of a building for hours basically you lose your whole day of work just to deliver just to submit your papers your documentations and you have to pay uh, 200 euros for the visa and it might be rejected and you've lost the visa yeah. money, you've lost the plane ticket, the hotel reservation that you have to make and the money in, in the bank that you need to have. So, of course, whenever we're talking about traveling and uh, experiencing the world, um, you cannot um, uh, expect an, a young African person to experience the world or to do backpack traveling around the world this mm-hmm. with the same um with the same uh, privilege that an european or an american can we cannot for many reasons we cannot um so but this is the first barrier that you encounter um, and then of course if coming from developing countries your income is lower than than most people so i can see that i've been i can tell that i've been very privileged and fortunate because through the research that I have done and through my academic career, I've been able to, to travel to different places. But mm-hmm. if it was just dependent on the money I have, <laughs> I would experience, um, I don't know, maybe 
a tenth of what experience. So for sure. You come from an archipelago. I come from a country with a vast coastal line. We have beautiful beaches. We have beautiful places to visit. Um, but in a way, like sometimes the the um, the infrastructure there is the, that is there, like um, the restaurants, the accommodation, they have prices that are a bit restrictive for locals. So it's more of like a lux- luxurious experience that it's only affordable for foreigners. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. Um, the way the, the tourism sector is set up, especially in our countries, is set up for for people with some money from abroad, people that can afford these type of services. Um, I think one thing that this COVID uh, situation has taught us is that um, has taught all the touristic countries have learned that there is value in having a diverse target of people. Yeah, that's a big lesson. Not just these charter flights coming from Europe, you know, staying in your big hotels and having these type of people spending money and you know using your services but appeal also to the nationals to the locals and um i, I think there will be some changes in the tourism sector uh coming because um it, it, it there is no other option at this point either either you nationals travel or or the tourism sector i think will die and close many hotels will close or are closing already um and i think this is a a lesson that we can learn and we should learn uh to not make the same mistake again um i I mean in capo verde for example if i cannot enter certain hotels um with my cape verdean passport what yes (laughs) yes but how Uh, do they how do they um how do they forbid this entrance? It's not, I mean, it's not uh, regulated. It's mm-hmm. not declared as a rule. But I will face many difficulties entering or I would have to have some friend in the hotel vouching for me. Let me enter. Wow. But um, yes, it's, uh, I cannot just go enter and go to the restaurant and have a meal like that. national the place is not built for me this is um um it's 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 staggering and and uh it's it's um it's completely um disregarding the the locals as you know as humans first as people who have Mm -hmm. the right and you know as clients as customers that you can also attract um because I have the feeling sometimes there is this, um, um, especially in the type of tourism that it's done in Cabo Verde, the mass kind of tourism, big resorts, they want people to have the Cape Verdean experience, but the clean version of the Cape Verdean a very clean and um, gentrified experience of Cabo Verde. So that's also an issue, (laughs) right? so so yeah, um, I I I I don't know I don't have an answer on 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 how to to change that or how what is the next step that the, the tourism sector needs to 
to take. But uh, definitely, if they want to survive, uh, and in especially in today's world, they need to, to appeal to a more diverse group of people um, in all means of diversity. And they need to include local people and they need to stimulate local people to travel inside as well. Mm -hmm. um, Here's that has been my experience at least. Here's a question that you might have an answer because now I want to explore a bit of your professional background in mar marine conservation. Um, when, once we start um, exploring our countries, um, how do we ensure that us as locals do not disturb the wonderful ecosystems that we have? Mm, great question. Thank you for that question. I think the first uh, attitude that we need to have, <laughs> yeah, the first mindset is that just be aware that you don't have to experience everything and that you don't have to uh, see everything. Mm -hmm. So some things are seen, and especially talking to wildlife, there is a level of, of respect that we must have to leave animals alone and to give them their space um and as just because we can do something that doesn't mean we should mm. so if you find yourself in a beautiful place but you know there's just i don't know two let's say two seabirds nesting in a in a rock and you see that they have a chick why mm. would you come close to disturb and to touch the chick just because yeah. you can. That can easily cause for the parents to abandon the chick, to that chick will starve to death. And you, yes, you've had an amazing experience because you were so close and that you could touch it, but you just, you know, you just killed an animal basically uh, mm -hmm. because the parents, um, or um, I think sometimes, and I think this is human nature, we want to experience everything, right? We want to go deep. We want to have the most close-in encounters with wildlife and experience everything. We don't have to experience everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, we need to, to be part of the, if we don't want to be uh, damaging to the ecosystem, we need to be part of it. And if we are part of it, we cannot, we, there are boundaries that we need to respect. And before going to places, specifically place, places where you know there is a specific uh, biodiversity or a specific set of ecosystem, first, do some research on usually, because usually there, there are many articles usually mm -hmm. telling you bad habits of tourists or things that are pulled in certain places or natural parks that they shouldn't do or, you know, either feeding the animals or using baits animals to come by or you know uh, littering or uh, getting too close or you know whichever the case may be just do some research if you of course if you're just caught by surprise and all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation use common sense right um mm -hmm. uh, there's something that that marked me a lot where uh i guess a, a dolphin a baby dolphin was um close to shore in one beach and then people start picking it and taking photos with it and so many people want to take photos with it that the poor animal ended up dying um oh, no. so uh, you know i mean 
use common sense, right? But in the situations where you have a plan and you want to go visit somewhere with a very specific biodiversity or ecosystem, do some research on how to behave there. What are the things that you should avoid? What you should or shouldn't do? I've worked many um, many months in, in one of the Cabo Verde's uh, camps for conservation of sea turtles. Mm-hmm. And we would often have tourists there uh, to watch the turtles nest. And of mm-hmm. course I was working with the, the, the sea turtles, but you know, tourists would come to watch. And often they would step on the nests, uh, break the, the, the fences around the nest because they, were, they couldn't care less about what was around them. They just wanted that experience to watch wow. and touch. And sometimes there would be situations where we would have to, t- you know, tell tourists off, although we didn't want to. We want them to have that experience. But um, sometimes they were too invasive, uh, mm-hmm. uh, using lights that they shouldn't. They should use a, not a, you know, normal light, but red light um, to not disturb the animal in their natural process of, of laying their eggs and nesting. So these are all informations that you can find before you go somewhere. So get informed and use common sense and just understand that you, you don't, you're not in, entitled to, to experience everything. You don't have to experience. It's not your right to experience everything to its full extent. Yeah, entitlement you... over other animals is an interesting point because there are a lot of touristic attractions like going to zoos, aquariums riding elephants uh petting tigers um taking i don't know going to places where there are a lot of monkeys and playing with the monkeys feeding the monkeys and things like that um how do you feel about it well let me tell you from my experience you cannot (laughs) tiger i can i can barely pet my cat (laughs) you know (laughs) So, um, in a normal situation, you cannot pet a tiger, at least a tiger that it's been, um, that's healthy, that's not, uh, that's not drugged, that it's in a natural environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, these days, there are many, many options if you want to observe wildlife from a distance, from that respectful distance that should exist. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many, many places where you can experience wildlife. Uh, I am totally against zoos and aquariums. I am totally uh, against it. Um, I understand that uh, some zoos ended up uh, functioning as recovery centers where sometimes you have wild animals that either got injured or lost and then, you know, uh, they cannot be uh, returned to the wild, to the wilderness. So Mm -hmm. you them and you can you know you can exhibit them in in a some sort of a natural park but um i think that's a different kind of uh settlement so with that uh, i understand but the typical zoos where you know you go i don't know where you go i mean it would be insane for you to be in africa and find a polar bear wouldn't it doesn't i think that if we do care for these animals, we would do whatever it takes to see them in the wild and respect them in the wild. I don't think that um, animals are uh, uh, wild. I mean, we already have domesticated animals that we have uh, used them now as pets. So I think that's enough. We've done mm-hmm. enough. 
changing <laughs> we're domesticating animals i think we've done enough and we've had our farm animals let's leave the rest of them um live their lives and appreciate their beauty in a respectful way um i'm totally against the, this riding elephant and stuff. i've never visited a zoo in my life <laughs> everyone keeps in- Ueno Park into the zoo and yeah, like I no, been either. yeah. <laughs> I'm not going unless if you force me, someone you know force me or you know bring me there physically, you know forced, but uh, by my own will I won't because uh, first I don't see the beauty of it, and I know at the end I'll be very angry at it. Even with mm-hmm. monkeys, sometimes with tricks with monkeys on the street, and I just want to take that monkey, run away with it, <laughs> and you know <laughs> set it. <laughs> Um, I think that's where we cross that limit, right? Yeah. Of, um, everything is valid for our entertainment, and it's not. Yeah, uh, it's, that's it, it, true. It's not, uh, and um, if you if you can um, afford to travel to a different country, you can also make the effort to 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 take a tour, or you know, you can. There, there's so many wildlife that you can see if you just take the time to hike in a mountain mm-hmm. or trails, you know? Um, and the other, the most dangerous animals, maybe you're not supposed to see them anyway. Um, yeah. Or if you're really to life, good. You might have the experience of your life or you might just, just die. die. You know, yeah. if you're willing to do that, good. But if not, <laughs> just <laughs> well, You know, um, let me tell you one experience I had. The mm-hmm. first only time that I've seen whales, I was in Cabo Verde. I mm-hmm. was, I was uh, uh, at the beach. I, mm-hmm. I was at a cafe at a bar at at, at the at by the beach, and I could see the horizon. And all of a sudden, all I could see, but it was 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 really far. Probably, I don't know, two hundred meters, three hundred meters or more. It was, it was it was quite far. But all I could see in the line of the horizon was this, you know, you know when when they breathe and the the water splashes yeah. up. That was actually and what I, I was imagining just now. <laughs> was, I was like, but how 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 am I seeing this? What is that? And then when I saw the whale jumping, uh, I was I was wow. screaming like, <laughs> trying to understand what was happening <laughs> because I couldn't talk. But then everyone understood because I was, you know, staring at the horizon. Mm-hmm. And then you see that everyone in the beach was also seeing the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And we, everyone was stunned and, you know, not knowing what to do and saying wow and watching the whales play. It was from afar. Yes, it was. But it was one of the most beautiful experiences that I've had that every time I remember of it my face lights up and I'm, I'm laughing right now you know I have a big smile because it was a beautiful experience that I had so sometimes you just have to to to, to, to live your life go places travel you don't have to cage animals inside a pool to see their beauty because they won't see their beauty you won't see them in their natural state right mm-hmm. so um and allow yourself also adventure yourself put yourself at risk go to places uh don't be afraid don't be afraid of going to africa because africa is too dangerous or it's too um uh it's too risky for white people because people will try to rob you uh, oh. if you go to <laughs> it's just a war and hunger no 
get out of your comfort zone. You will be able to experience amazing things uh, whenever you just put the fear aside. Remember, I talked to you about putting the fear yeah. aside. Yeah. Fear somewhere where uh, no one speaks your language or being alone or uh, trying a new food or um, taking a trail where yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. Th- those are all exercises of bravery, actually. Exactly. Right. I mean, we can die from COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we don't. I hope we don't. But basically, you don't need to. The danger is not in Africa. Yeah, the it's danger everywhere. It's in in the in the fact that you are alive. Whenever yeah. that for you to die, you just have to be alive. Yeah, breathing <laughs> is the most dangerous thing we do every day. Take the moment we decided to cry after nine months when we were taken out. That's it. The adventure starts. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's just embrace it. <laughs> Speaking of embracing adventures, um, what kind of activities uh, would you recommend people do, and what kind of activities would you disencourage people of doing related to like? um adventure aqua sports things like that Mm, okay so in the line of what i was saying as you know respecting animals uh, in their natural state Mm -hmm. there is a kind of tourism sometimes that uses um especially related to to the seas the ocean to marine wildlife where people use a lot of baits to attract whether it's sharks or, Mm. or other animals and I don't, I don't, I don't agree much with it. And um, there is a moment where close is too close. And at some point we are disturbing the ecosystem. We are um, interfering in their, in their ecology. And um, sometimes it can be too much. Mm-hmm. And I would also discourage people to go to very crowded places. So of course we all know there are places like, uh, Bali and you know some places in the Philippines, Maldives, where everyone wants to go. These are the higher pla- like the the hot spots, right? For tourism yep. right now. I'm guilty of it of wanting to avoid go there. <laughs> I would say avoid it because um, more boats, uh, you know, wandering around, more people means more pressure on the ecosystem, more litter. Uh, so. It, Usually, all these places you will find some species uh, that are going extinct or uh, environment that it's been degraded or polluted. So, I mean, in the Philippines, Philippines has thousands of islands. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. that for these islands, go to the islands that are not recommended. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, one. This is just one example, right? Yeah. And tip is to try to look for small house small guest houses try to look for projects of ecotourism mm-hmm. run by local people there are a lot of places that have projects of ecotourism that are run by local people and that have helped promote uh, the development of the local communities if you can make your trip a positive contribution to the environment to the local environment and to the local community great and just because Whenever you go to these big places where everything is set up and mm-hmm. perfect and you have a great hotel, usually local people are not benefiting from them. The people that are working there, the local people are, you know, earning the minimum wage, are being exploited. 
in many cases there's even situations of slavery so um whenever but whenever you go to these small ecotouristic places a small guest house that only has two bedroom not only provide you know you are you helping that family you're helping the whole community mm-hmm. because they are also buying local food they are buying from the local producers the big hotels yeah. they have a supply producers. chain change in chain that comes all the way from other places not even from your country in Cabo Verde all the big hotels are supplied by uh either Spain or Portugal nothing comes from Cabo Verde nothing wow. that you eat that's absurd it's, abs- it's completely absurd the fish that people eat in Cabo Verde in these big hotels is frozen fish coming from somewhere else why you know that that is ridiculous that's a whole nother level of It is ridiculous. Because it's Cape Verde exports a lot of fish. That's like have one of the fish. main exports of Cape Verde, right? Yes, it is. It is. It's one of the aspects of my studies about how rich our fishery, our waters are for, for fisheries. And, you know, I've had a, a group of friends, Portuguese friends, they went to visit Cabo Verde and they went with this, you know, all-inclusive kind of package. Mm-hmm. And them in one of these touristic islands we met there and for the first days they were just you know staying inside but I took them out of the hotel I said you need to go out and when a plate of uh uh was seafood basically a variety of seafood they said this is so delicious we were a bit disappointed because the food in the hotel yes it was tuna but it was kind of bland I said yes because it's not our tuna because they don't (laughs) of course you're not going to experience it and they loved you know walking around the city you know drinking our grog which is our liquor you know mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, we had this experience the <laughs> yes the kashupa yes i gave them that too <laughs> i love it i love it so you know um they met my family they met my friends they were happy they they you know they learned uh, some some creole um uh, words and they still know that until now and they returned year late years later with their parents so they had an experience that they treasured and that marked them so they wanted to come back mm-hmm. just going and see the hotel doesn't change spot and just just to reinforce the the question that you made initially mm-hmm about the environment if you care about conservation about wildlife try to engage in a tourist that supports it or at least doesn't destroy it and have some common sense to know that to you know regarding wildlife we're not supposed to be super close so if you have an experience where you're very close to the animals something is not right either you are very too close and you are being invasive and you are destroying their, their ecology and their ecosystem, or these animals are in some sort of effect or have been tortured or have been drugged to in order to them for them to accept people being that close. So um, be conscious about that. That's and use common sense. That would be my, my advice. <laughs> Naya, we did it. We went a little bit. <laughs> beyond 30 minutes but it was so necessary <laughs> oh, sorry i talked a lot as you said we love to we love yeah. to talk to people yeah and it goes it goes it goes <laughs> i am 
super super happy i had no idea um when i made the invitation about all of this that we would be able to cover all of these topics um and so i'm super happy i learned so much um this was such an important conversation i hope people reflect on the topics that we um touched because this this is a really good time for reflection and to change the course of action we can we can seriously do better and we can make a positive change in this lifetime so yep thank you so much for having me thank you for giving me the opportunity to share this message and yes hopefully at least if someone changes their course of action as you said that's great job done yeah <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you for having. And if you're listening and you would like to join the conversation, there are so many ways that you can interact with us. You can start by subscribing um, to get updates of new episodes. You can follow and DM us on Instagram. You can rate and review uh, this episode through the app that you're listening to with Or you can send a voice note through Anchor. There are so many options of how you can interact with us. Please do. Uh, and for now, that's it. Do catch us later with more stories from my friends who travel.